In a gambit to reclaim headlines and the nation's attention last night, President Donald Trump began to reveal his long-expected list of pardons. Among those were several former Republican congressmen convicted of federal crimes, those charged in the Mueller investigation, and Blackwater contractors convicted of killing Iraqi civilians in 2007. Here's what the pardons of Duncan Hunter and the contractors mean for San Diego. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Morgan Cook, let's start with a little bit of background. Can you recap some of the crimes that uh, Hunter pled guilty to last year? Yes, last year he pled guilty to conspiring to convert more than $150,000 to personal use. Um, he, He pleaded guilty to conspiring with his wife and using the money on you know, everything from children's birthday parties at, you know, Hotel Dell to, you know, random things like cigarettes and stuff. So um, anyway, he and his wife, who was also his campaign manager, um, were indicted in August 2018, and they pleaded guilty separately uh, last year to the same crime. So that's where we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just for Duncan Hunter. Margaret Hunter is still a felon, correct? Uh, yes. As far as we know, there has been no announcement that she, too, will be getting pardoned. And she right now is serving um, a sentence that is three years probation with eight months of home confinement. Yeah. Can you kind of compare and contrast the two sentences that Mr. and Mrs. Hunter got? Right. So uh, Duncan Hunter got 11 months in prison as his sentence. Um, And the difference there is that his wife apparently went to prosecutors early, said she wanted to take responsibility for her crimes and uh, then proceeded to cooperate with them and help them. And in her guilty plea, she said that she would um, testify against her husband in court. Um, And also her guilty plea was really detailed. So it kind of put Duncan Hunter in a tough spot, um, you know, where it sort of they think it encouraged him to plead guilty. So they took all of the help that Margaret Hunter gave them into consideration um, and asked the court for a more lenient sentence. Meanwhile, Hunter uh, fought the charges for a pretty long time. Uh, He wasn't cooperative. He accused um, the... FBI and the prosecutors of a politically motivated witch hunt, uh, which a judge said, you know, did not create a conflict of interest. And so, yeah, he got the harsher sentence because he was uh, apparently less cooperative. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the irony in all of this is that that is now all wiped away. But Margaret Hunter, who cooperated with the system, will now likely have to serve out all that probation. Right. And she'll also have um, a felony conviction on her record. So, um, you know, Hunter had to admit to a crime to get the pardon. Um, So it doesn't change that he has admitted to his crime, Um, but he won't have the felony on his record and she will. Um, And so, you know, he will not be in prison, but she will do home confinement. And at this point, uh, do we know anything about the rationale of why Trump chose to pardon Duncan Hunter? 
We do. Um, it was sort of a recognition of his service to his country. Um, he fought in the war in Iraq and um, Afghanistan. He served his country as a congressman. Um, and, you know, so they were taking those contributions into account. And also um, they had received a letter from a former member of the Federal Election Commission who said that these this misspending of money should have been handled by uh, the FEC instead of the Department of Justice. Of course, the Department of Justice disagreed and Hunter pleaded guilty to a crime, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember uh, throughout your reporting throughout this, uh, we've uh, read through multiple indictments together and I've helped you with some graphics. And going through those, I suppose the most charitable read is that this is a man that didn't have a lot of money and wanted to do everything he could to keep up with the Joneses, so took money he shouldn't have used and used it for things in order to make it appear like he was doing fine. But I, as you have written multiple times, the concern here is when you have someone in a position of power beholden to people who are giving him money, that's where that conflict of interest can you know, create some damage kind of to democracy itself. Right. You know, we don't want our lawmakers in a position where they feel like they owe donors, you know, because um, it's just there's there's influence and it's not like they gave this money to the campaign. And so in return, you will do this favor. It's more like they gave money to the campaign and thus were able to go to the campaign event and thus were able to have, you know, to meet Duncan Hunter or whatever lawmaker, you know, and have their ear, whereas other people might not be able to have their ear. Um, And so, you know, you have that sort of issue. um, And then there's, of course, the issue of we don't want people running for office uh, because they're living off of their campaign money. You know, we want people to run for office because they want to serve, you know, and, uh, and not because they need to, but because they want to. So there's that aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this story broke uh, around 435 uh, last night. Um, have we heard from people in East County about the news? Uh, yes, and we are going to write that up. We are working on it. Um, so we should have an article pretty pretty soon in the nearest, nearest future. Um, but, you know, what I'm hearing so far is that reactions are mixed. You know, some people think that it was it was good, you know, Duncan Hunter made a mistake, was held accountable for it, and, you know, prison wasn't appropriate or necessary. Um, you know, and other people feel like when you're an elected official in a position of trust, you know, special pers- position of trust and responsibility, you have a responsibility not to betray that trust because it makes people lose trust in government, like, oh, another congressman, of course, they're a crook or whatever. And as you know, as everyone knows, you don't want to work with people who you don't trust, right? And just like that, voters don't want to participate, you know, by voting in a system if they feel like it's pointless, if they feel like it's corrupt. So, you know, there's also that ethical responsibility. Mm-hmm. And at this point, uh, do we know anything about the future that Duncan Hunter, you know, what he might do? Because the first thing that comes to mind is that maybe he'll join, you know, whatever Trump does when it comes to broadcasting, as there's been rumors that Trump wants to create some kind of TV network. I could see Hunter being some kind of, you know, 
talk show host. Right. I mean, the future is is his to to write, it seems. So, you know, he'll have a lot of options and be able to consider a lot of different things. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he will want to go back into the political arena or if, you know, he's had enough fun with that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to see. We'll, we'll see how it unfolds. Certainly. And looking back at his tenure, he was certainly one of the Republicans that leaned into Trumpism early on. And as it is shown at this point, you know, there are many people that still don't believe that Joe Biden run the election. So, you know, whether or not you support or are against that, that is a force that still exists. And there is some space if he chooses to kind of enter whatever MAGA land is in the coming months. Yeah, I mean, I would think that I, I think that that path is open to him, as are many paths. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see what's next, I guess. Mm -hmm. All, All right. right. Morton Cook, Cook. Thank, thank you so much. much. Thank you. And the second group of pardons that were issued were for a number of contractors in the Blackwater company. Uh, Andrew Dyer, uh, you cover the military for the San Diego Union Tribune. Can you explain uh, the crimes that these contractors were convicted of? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so uh, back in 2007, um, it was September 16th of 07, uh, these Blackwater contractors, they were, you know, mostly that most of them were combat veterans, Army and Marine veterans who'd come back to Iraq as contractors. Um, they were guarding a convoy. Um, they were in a, a roundabout um, in uh, right outside the green zone in, in Baghdad. And uh, they they thought that they were coming under attack, and um, uh, one of the contractors, uh, Nicholas Latin, um, was a, allegedly the first one to open fire. Um, and by the time the gunfire stopped, um, as many as uh, seventeen Iraqi civilians were were dead, um, including men, women, and uh, young children. Mm -hmm. And uh, throughout his presidency, uh, Trump has been accused of mostly uh, using politics kind of as a transaction. So what would Trump have to gain by pardoning these individuals? You know, I don't I don't understand the president's motivations um, in, in this, but it, it this is a pattern with this president when it comes to a uh, law of armed conflict violations, um, especially when we look at the war on terror, the, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, this was kind of the last batch of uh, notorious war criminals from these wars to, to be uh, pardoned or granted clemency by this president. Um, going back to uh, 2019, um, an Army Second Lieutenant Michael Behenna, who um, was convicted at court-martial of, of shooting a, a detained Iraqi, um, he was now he he was convicted in 2009, um, was sent to Leavenworth Prison. Um, he had already been paroled in 2014, but uh, last year Trump granted him a pardon. Um, and then famously, which which we covered extensively extensively at the UT, the court martial of Navy Seal Eddie Gallagher. Um, Gallagher, uh, Trump intervened in this case multiple times. Um, once uh, freeing Gallagher from the brig where he'd been held in pre-talk confinement, um, he, he stepped in, he congratulated 
um, Gallagher when he was uh, found not guilty of, of the worst charges against him. Um, he later stepped in and, um, you know, Gallagher was found guilty of uh, posing for a photo with a corpse. Um, and for that, the Navy was going to reduce him in rank. Uh, Trump stepped in and said, no, you're not. Then the Navy tried to take his Navy SEAL Trident away. And again, Trump intervened and said, you you won't do that. This, of course, led to the Navy secretary um, being fired, resigning. Um, so he didn't, while he didn't pardon Gallagher, this was a, an example of clemency. On, on the same day that he, he restored Gallagher's rank, um, gave him clemency, he also uh, pardoned two other uh, people. Uh, one of them was uh, First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence ordered his men to shoot uh, two civilians in Afghanistan. Several of his men testified against him. Um, he ordered the order to fire came over the objections of Lawrence's senior enlisted leaders in, in his platoon. Um, uh, Lawrence was in Leavenworth when Trump pardoned him. Um, he's now on Twitter uh, cheering the president's actions. Um, uh, another soldier, uh, Major Matthew Goldstein. Uh, Goldstein um, was yet to stand trial. Uh, Goldstein's crime um, was he was also charged with killing a, a detained um, suspected uh, terrorist right in, in Afghanistan. Um, but when when Goldstein's case was initially investigated, the army didn't find enough evidence against him. And then uh, years later on Fox News, uh, Goldstein admitted to the killing and that led the military to uh, charge him and, and attempt to try him. Um, before that could happen, uh, Trump stepped in and, and pardoned Goldstein. So um, with these, these four uh, members of, of Blackwater, uh, Nicholas Slatton, Paul Slow, Evan Liberty, and Dustin Hurd, um, you know, this just kind of completes the, uh, the uh, cadre of, of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan war criminals that um, the military has prosecuted over the last decade. Essentially, it's all been undone. Mm -hmm. And for people that are serving or, you know, our family members of servicemen, what's the response uh, of this latest news? Because I remember when we were covering the Gallagher trial, there was a big division in which Many people thought that Gallagher, you know, was simply doing his job while other people thought that he went too far. Is that division still here in this case? I'm not seeing it in this case. Uh, the Blackwater case, um, from what I've seen, um, is much more clear cut. You know, this is daylight. These guys open fire on vehicles in a roundabout. Um, it's pretty harrowing, the story of the survivors. You know, the trial of these Blackwater contractors, um, you know, the government flew Iraqis in uh, to the United States to, to testify. Um, you know, there's a lot of witnesses to it. Um, it, it. It seemed to be a pretty clear cut um, atrocity committed um, on behest of the United States. Um, and uh, the reaction that I've seen is, is, is pretty, um, uh, people are condemning it. Now, uh, According to the White House, you know, um, a lot of Republican congressmen um, had pushed for this. Um, uh, Trump seems to think that there was a lot of public support to, to do this. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, we may be looking in different places. Um, but um, one of the attorneys for the uh, one of the victims um, had a 
a long Twitter thread that went viral talking about the, the victim story, uh, a young boy. Um, uh, the UN has come out and you know said that they're deeply concerned that these pardons send a message to um, our forces that um, you know this type of conduct on the battlefield is going to be tolerated and um, you know could encourage others to um, to, to commit uh, atrocities or, or to to shoot whenever maybe they don't need to shoot. Mm-hmm. And at this point, uh, what's our current relationship with Blackwater? Um, do we expect it still to be a major military contractor in the coming Biden administration? Well, Blackwater, um, I haven't done a lot of reporting on Blackwater, but I know it doesn't exist um, under that name anymore. Um, Blackwater was founded by Eric Prince, who's the brother of uh, Education Secret- Secretary Betsy DeVos. So um, the ties to the Trump administration uh, through Blackwater are, are definitely there. Um, now, of, of course, one of the major proponents of these, all of these pardons has been uh, Fox News personality, Pete Hegseth, who's lobbied on behalf of each of these individuals uh, directly to the president. He's, he said so himself. Um, but as far as, as, as Blackwater, um, it's rebranded. Uh, it goes by another name now. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh going forward, how involved they might be, uh, you know, among the last acts that Trump is doing as commander in chief is pulling troops out of Afghanistan and pulling troops out of Iraq. Um, in fact, the deadline to pull these troops out is January 15th. So, um, after he lost the election, uh, Trump, uh, you know, he fired his defense secretary. He, he ordered troops out of Iraq. He ordered troops out of Afghanistan. He's ordered troops out of Somalia. Uh, you know, um, Military forces from San Diego are off the coast of Somalia right now, uh, kind of guarding this this retreat and repositioning of, of troops. So um, the hand that is being dealt to, to Biden uh, when he assumes the presidency as commander in chief, um, it's not clear where he's going to go. Um, if he's going to countermand any of these orders or, or what his kind of um, the Biden doctrine is going to be as far as the war on terror. We've been in the war on terror for almost 20 years now. We've been in Afghanistan for more than 19 years. Um, a, a lot of people believe that it's time to to get out of these conflicts, um, but uh, it remains to be seen um, what the long-term effects of these kind of last-minute actions from the president will have um, as far as national security and defense going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll certainly be quite a bit of a whiplash when we have the new Biden administration as the kind of goals when it comes to the war on terror and kind of the U.S.'s role in the global stage is entirely different. Uh, The incoming uh, Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, is known to be a supporter of intervention more so than the Trump doctrine. So we'll be curious to see if another tragedy arises, whether or not the United States will intervene as it has in Libya, for instance. Right. Um Right. I, I think uh, it's impossible to, to to say, you know, what what could happen in some of these other countries. But in the ones that we've been in for for decades, um, you know, there are members of the military who have spent their entire careers um, in and out of conflict zones. So, um, if if the drawdown holds um, into Biden's administration, it, it could be a much different experience for our service members going forward. Mm-hmm. And within the military itself, um, we've had multiple instances of Trump basically 
giving a pass to people who have, you know, broken rules that are established by the military. I think uh, the Gallagher case is a, a perfect example of this. Is there kind of a pushback against this within the, the military to kind of re kind of like, is there kind of a, a counter measure of taking this doctrine and putting it back to kind of where it was in previous administrations? You know, it, it's tough to say. I, I there's definitely a, 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 an awareness um, in the military, and and I'm most familiar with the Navy. I talk with Navy officials a lot, um, but of, a, a sense of people walking on eggshells. Um, you know, when they talk to reporters um, and giving public statements, um, military officials are, are reluctant to put their name on statements sometimes, um, and, and a big part of that is because they don't know what news story is going to trigger um, a Trump tweet that countermands something the Navy is trying to do, even something uh, seemingly small and uh, not a big story, like when uh, the local uh, Navy region was canceling a couple of Catholic priest contracts. Um, we reported it, and it, it blew up, and Trump ended up tweeting that, you know, they're not going to do that. Now, this is a relatively small uh, geographic area, a small number of contracts, but because it became a news story, it, it got the president's attention. So, you know, the ramifications uh, of, of something coming to his attention and him coming in and um, counteracting something that Navy leaders are trying to do is something that is on people's minds. And I think that certainly a return to a more traditional commander-in-chief military separation of powers and authority that um, – could be president during the Biden administration will be will be welcomed. Uh, before Trump, uh, presidents were reluctant to step in on, um, especially on military justice cases. Mm -hmm. Certainly, and uh, over the past four years, a number of rules have been re rewritten, number of norms have been broken. It'll be curious to see kind of what things look like, you know, a year from now. Absolutely. All right, Andrew Dyer, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you're curious about how Greater San Diego is working toward building a new future, listen to the UT's Luis Cruz on Together San Diego. Join in on conversations with activists, nonprofits, and companies who are finding ways this moment can change San Diego for the better. Listen in on Facebook. For a guide to all of our live streaming programming, check out the schedule on uniontrib.com. Until next time.